When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stop going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that's a sucker for a blumpkin, no matter how shitty it is. A what? A blumpkin. What is go, that? Go look it up, and that sentence will suddenly be hilarious. <laughs> it's when you, it's when you are taking a dump and get a blowjob at the same time. <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Guile Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality, and today. We're going to talk about therapy. We're going to talk about therapizing. Sitting in a chair and talking to a person or, who judges or, you. Or laying on a, on a couch. Have you ever laid on a couch? Yeah. We're really? going to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was only like Freud and like, and we were like, eh, don't lay on couches with your therapist. I don't, I don't think it was Freud I was seeing at that <laughs> stage, but. <laughs> when was this? Yeah. Early 1900s? Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, but first. But first. I'm going to say thank you to two. You just did. People. <laughs> no, it didn't. Thank you. Thank you to these two individuals. Okay. Danny Graham. Danny the, Graham Cracker. That's the first thing I thought. I'm sure he's heard Is that. Is your brother Teddy? Oh, cute. Or Ma. <laughs> no, that's the opposite way. Grandma. Dan Alexander Graham Bell. <laughs> um, by the way, these are Patreon supporters. I didn't say that. That's why I'm full on making fun of their names. Yeah, I figured yeah, that's yeah. what you were doing. <laughs> um, uh, and then Brandon Pettigrew. You've said him before. How I? I don't know, maybe. It, the name is that boring no i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he pet and i grew yeah <laughs> um if think, i had a nickel <laughs> if i had a 15 cents <laughs> <laughs> three times um thank you for those who that support us on patreon yeah you're better than all of our other listeners so thank you yep um okay one other thing okay completely off topic okay great yeah um there was one episode oh God. a long time ago of where our show. I, yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I just wanted to tell I, you. It was keeping up with the Kardashians. Well, actually, that shit is so good. It's no, nah, I don't know. I don't watch it anymore. I used to I, like when it was on Netflix. Oh, anyway, that's not what I'm going to talk. Oh, and then Chloe and Kim took Miami, and boy, did they. Anyway, that's not what. Where it did was. they take it? Uh, to the limit. One more time. Great. Um, take it. To the limit. That's an Eagles song. That's yeah, what happened when I was studying asymptotes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math. The limit does not exist. <laughs> um, the limit of our stupidity does not exist. Um, okay. <laughs> I. As it approaches us, <laughs> it's nearly infinity. It's it very close to infinite. Um, so I wrote down quote from h john benjamin and didn't write down what the quote was or why what i was meaning okay i finally realized what i was referring to okay because i was watching bob's burgers and as you do as i do mm -hmm. oft as i am as i am want to do mm -hmm. <laughs> um and there's like a scene in it where it's just funny because like bob you don't have to know too much about it other than like bob is a straight dude married to his wife and has three kids and just like working a he makes he, burgers he does in fact Hence make the burgers. name of the show and his daily specials are always hilarious they're it's very up my alley there's so many puns it's great um 
one time he was interacting he like kept after having to buy more turkeys because he kept fucking them up when he was making them for thanksgiving and the guy that was selling him like thought he was gay and he was like let me hook up with my friend he's like no and like finally the guy like he went back the last time and the guy was like okay i'm in a relationship but it's not working like let's do it let's like be together and bob said it was like no 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 like you have the wrong idea i'm straight i'm mostly straight and then like runs away and i just thought it was like a very subtle line but like really cool to have like this image of just like working dad you know small town guy that like can just say i'm mostly straight maybe hooked up with a dude once yeah who knows yeah maybe he is cool enough to recognize guys are hot or whatever but just like that like super subtle small line in a fox tv show i really enjoyed yeah so i was reminded of that recently although fox is gay fox is fox so difficult to under like what are they were the ones that had glee on it i think they're like they know how shitty they are so then they also have to be less shitty at times i don't understand or they're different channels and run by different people fox news and fox oh really yeah oh okay i accept your i accept your suggestion great okay (laughs) um do you have news first of all oh game of thrones Mm -mm. the finale by the time this episode airs the finale will be in three days okay this podcast is dark and full of spoilers. If you don't want to hear anything about Game of Thrones whatsoever, listen to somebody else. No, wait. I, just give, we, like we have. We're gonna have spoilers. No, I, I, yeah, sort yeah, a spoiler. Oh, oh, did you notice? Did you notice my beverage receptacle for yeah. the podcast today? <laughs> yes. You mean your mouth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, you have. You uh, have like a giant goblet of sorts, gold ornate goblet that you. It is a massive chalice from which I drink wine, <laughs> a la Circe. And, and 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 this is an homage because she's dead. Oh no! Well, then who do you ask for help on your iPhone now? Yeah, good question. Um, gotta go. You just fucked now. You just fucked. You have to get your directions on your own. Look up the weather by typing it into the bar in Google. Yeah, it's so much. Unlike work. Siri, all Cersei was good for was fucking her brother and drinking wine, and you got to respect that. <laughs> do it. Is that what you have to do with that? Okay, I mean, I guess do what you want, Cersei. Just, I'm gonna pour one out for her, not literally, because I'm no. in my bed. Yeah, <laughs> we are in your bedroom, um, yeah. in a very non-sexual hey, way. <laughs> oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> um, fucking Dan Garlington, not with us, unfortunately. He is living his best life in Palm Springs. Uh, he left us a voicemail. I mean, working for us, the pay is shit, but the vacation time is fantastic. Yes. yes. <laughs> How many times do you get to be like, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> That's the end of that. So, oh, but he left us a voicemail to play for you all. Yeah. Hey, guys, this is fucking Dan. I'm really sorry I wasn't there to help with recording. Uh, I am Palm Springs, California at a closing optional gay resorts, and uh, I, have, I have a lot of stories to bring back with me. Um, as of last count, 24 stories to tell you. So, uh, I, uh, again, I'm sorry I missed you guys. Uh, you should be just fine without me. And uh, I'm back down. Bye-bye. Is that where it went? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It just played. Great. You, everyone just heard it. Aw. 
I'm reacting real time and yes. not to hearing it 15 minutes nope, ago. You remember, you immediately just now heard it, just like everyone else. Thanks for calling Dan and telling us about your stories. <laughs> yes. People were his uh, first Patreon segment that he did. He did the last bonus segment mm-hmm. and just, I think we have a, a excursion planned all together to Mos Palomas. Oh man. Can we do a live show from Mos Palomas? Can we be getting fucked during a live show? Can I'll be in the sling. <laughs> if, you can be, we put a curtain up between us? <laughs> you don't want to see that? Nope. What if during this show I just go back and forth like this? Oh, I like help work you up to like then I'll actually be getting fucked. No, and like, I work uh, in that chair uh, every day. I uh, shit in that chair once. Oh, that's right. Why am I sitting <laughs> on this again? That's what I said after my last grinder hookup. Yeah, yeah. Why did I sit on that again? <laughs> um. Anyway, hope you're having fun, Dan. Well, in fact, we know you are. So yeah. Good work. Sorry, it's just us today, everybody. So if you're looking for Dan, look for look more further. <laughs> look <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh now do you want to say news? Okay, let's do some news. 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 All right. All right. Bumper in the works. All right. Don't let it be that one though. Okay, so first I want to talk about Melissa Eid from okay. Hall, England. Okay, I have no idea who this is. Yep. So, she was a taxi driver who won four million pounds from a lottery scratch ticket in the UK. But that that shit never goes well. You never hear about like someone won the lottery and then they were happy and life was great. Yep. Uh. Y- yep. So she won in January of 2018, and last weekend she died of a heart attack. <clears throat> Why? It just her her fiance said that she died of a heart attack how old was she she was 58 and but she was trans is is like the other icing on the cake there mm. of death <laughs> the tragic <laughs> poison laden icing yep uh about a year after she won she told the whole daily mail about a health scare that acted as a wake-up call for her she had crushing chest pains and she was unable to breathe she had her lungs x-rayed blood texted Blood texted. <laughs> hey, it's me. I'm old negative. How are you? I'm your blood. This is a text. Smiley face. <laughs> LOL. LOL. And her heart monitored in a five hour stay in the hospital. She said, quote, I need to start doing some of the things I have never had a chance to do while I can. I am sat here now thinking how lucky I am. Maybe it is a wake up call to take better care of myself. And there's this really great um, thing from her Instagram. Uh, it's a photo of her as i i never became a woman i just stopped pretending to be a man oh i think that's pretty great that's beautiful what's her instagram whatever i uh, guess is it weird to now go follow her even her is instagram is melissa Eid, m-e-l-i-s-s-a-e-d-e cool yeah um partially the reason that i wanted to do this oh she also uh she used a lot of her money for uh surgery hmm uh, I think that she had already done gender confirmation surgery before she won the lottery, but she did a whole bunch of other quote unquote cosme- cosmetic mm. things like uh, that aren't medically necessary that trans people often have a hard time getting access to right. because they're technically elective surgeries or whatever. Right. But and I don't know where the line is, but there are a lot of surgeries that insurance would call elective or cosmetic that are actually really helpful for yeah confirming their gender and 
all that good stuff. So. Yep. She said she felt like a brand new woman after splashing out 500,000 pounds on Fuck. cosmetic surgery. I'm a motherfucking woman. Yep. <laughs> um, that sucks that you have to. I'm sure it's the way the definitely the, this way in the u.s and i'm sure lots of other countries like the only way you can get a lot of the surgeries you need is by winning the fucking lottery which is not how health care should work but yep absolutely it's it's a it's like mom talking about getting a go fuck me account <laughs> yep <laughs> uh okay trans people win the lottery sometimes and then they die. <laughs> but, <laughs> that wasn't the moral. <laughs> it wasn't. But, but uh, I also, also, so next story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Google is adding new non-binary emojis to their phones. Okay. Talk me through this one. <laughs> 53 new non-binary emojis will be available on all of Google's phones. Uh, it's coming to all of the Pixel phones in beta this month and then being rolled out to all Android Q phones later in the year. I never in the past saw my emojis and thought, definitely a dude. Like, you know, really? all the emojis are like pretty gender nonspecific. I mean, I guess, I guess like the, well, the main ones, yellow smiley faces that's what I'm thinking don't of. say like dude or chick. That's for yeah, sure. But there's yeah. like the one that's like this, the, oh, the shrugging yeah, yeah. your shoulders. Yeah. There's two of them. But there's... yeah, like the only reason it's a dude is because they're wearing blue. So like, and then the ladies it's are wearing also, pink yeah, or whatever. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, that's true. Help, help navigate me through this. Um. Yeah. So the approach to creating the gender neutral option differs depending on the character most have a haircut that conceivably could be male or female hmm. swimmers are in full body costumes as to not have any bodily signifiers the mer person has their arms crossed over their chest oh uh, jennifer daniel a designer at google told uh, said quote there is no singular way of getting it right gender is complicated it's an impossible task to communicate gender in a single image it's a construct it lives dynamically on a spectrum i personally don't believe there is one visual design solution at all but i do believe to avoid it is the wrong approach here we can't avoid race, gender, or any number of other things in culture and class. You have to stare at it in the face. You have to stare at it in the face to understand it. That's what we're trying to do. To find the signifiers that make something feel either male or female, or both male and female. Um, here's some examples. Since I, lo- I like, think you're interested in Yeah, in yeah I mean, that. We, what I like about that is we talk a lot intention. Intention is the mother of all invention. The famous phrase. Repetition is the mother of learning. That's a Russian one. Paptarini Matsuchenya. No, I'm thinking of a Spanish one. Science is the mother of all disease. No, I don't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's like the intention behind this is I love what that person said of like, we're not trying to say this is unequivocally the non-binary person, but they recognize that the blue t-shirt and short hair dude looks, we assume is male and they're trying to create ones that don't have that. I really like that. So three examples on this image that I'm going to show you, there's the mer people and then there's swimmers and then there's vampires and the left column is male. The middle column is the new non-binary one. And then the, the, the column on the right is the female okay 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 the middle well i guess you can't vampire okay i was gonna call it dracula but it could be like their hair is real cute um, i know i want the non-binary vampire hair mm-hmm, you think mm-hmm, i could mm-hmm. go to a salon and order the non-binary yes, vampire you'll have hair? to go to a non-binary <laughs> salon for, for vampires for vampires <laughs> 
Myers, <laughs> which is called I oh. want to shear your blonde. <laughs> <laughs> it looks real, yeah. A little swoopy thing up top. You've your hair is always so short though. You'll have to grow it out a little bit. I know. I haven't had long hair for like years. Did you ever go through a phase where you had like way too long of hair? Like like middle of my back. Oh no! Freshman year of college. Did it look horrible? It oh, sounds it was like awful. It, looked horrible. it was awful. Have you seen my hair where it's like a giant like white afro? It's like real poofy and curly and no when did oh, that happen college <laughs> it's always fucking college it's because like, you want to do different things because you're new and independent mm-hmm. and st- flying stretching your wings yep. whatever the yep. like f- yep. fucking your neighbor and 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 then you're also poor so like the, yeah. it's great like the, well, the intersection of those things i don't have to pay for haircuts and i can pretend it's because i'm like uh, yeah i'm a wild and a new person and also i didn't want to do anything too permanent because i'm like always nervous about everything so oh, yeah. like hair is a good like if i can this this is not a tattoo this is something that i can easily change in the future so it's like a real low risk way of chaining yourself we could get you tattooed hair uh okay next story yeah Okay, great. I'm sorry I have so many news stories. I just, I just, I just, uh, you took too long, so I came, like... You kept going? I kept going. (laughs) So, preacher Stephen Anderson, he's a United States preacher. United States. Gained a reputation for his extreme anti-gay and anti-Semitic views. Here's an example. After the Orlando Pulse nightclub shooting, in which 49 people were killed... He said to his congregation, and it's on film, the good news is that there's 50 less pedophiles in the world. Oh. Because, you know, these homosexuals are a bunch of disgusting perverts and pedophiles. Like, anyway, he's a real winner. Which is always rich coming from someone involved in, I'm assuming, a Christian church. Yep. He was scheduled to preach in Dublin, Ireland later this month. But the country's justice minister, Charlie Flanagan, announced yesterday that his department has taken measures to ban him from the country of Ireland, <laughs> quote, in the interests of public policy. <laughs> you you there's a thing called exclusion legislation uh, and and the minister of justice can ban somebody from entering the country if they consider it necessary in the interest of national security or public policy. And uh, there are. You OK. Just burping. Okay, good. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you didn't have to call me out. No one would have known. <laughs> uh, uh, he's the first person banned from entering the Republic of Ireland by exclusion powers. Um, so. I mean, we're going to get into this, but like people that speak negatively of LGBT people do a measurable negative impact on the, the lives of those people. So like it's it's really cool to see that happening and unfortunately unusual, but like when you think about it, it's like, it's the same as like someone that walks in and starts like, I don't know, cutting people's arms off. Like you'd be like, Hey buddy, don't, don't cut all of our arms off. We need those. Like same, same principle of like, don't come in this country and do damage to our people. I'm really torn about this. Oh, why go? Because I I think it's great. I like on the one hand, I'm very satisfied that this, fucking homophobic bigot ass shitbird isn't <laughs> going to get to do his evil in Ireland which is a country I just got back from and is lovely and mm. I want it to stay that way but I do think that suppressing shitty ideas mm. is a good way to keep those shitty ideas going mm. like they need to be busted out into the open I don't know 
I don't know. I like the we have the First Amendment in this country, and I'm totally taking a page out of Voltaire's book of like I will defend to my death your right to say those idiotic fucking things. Yeah. Um, was that Voltaire? I think it was Voltaire. Um, I think so. That's a good point. I was thinking of the opposite when it's like, well, what if someone's coming to the country to talk about how trans people are just the same as all of us deserve the same level of respect and blah, blah. And like, what if a country is not down with that? And then they ban someone based on that. So like, yep. It, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, uh, he responded, quote, I just got banned from Ireland today. I'm not discouraged about it. It's just another country that's chosen to align themselves with wickedness and reject the man of God coming to preach to them, preaching the gospel, preaching the truth of God's word. So it's really on them. I okay. That's another thing is like (laughs) when you do things like that, then some people like emboldens them and is like, see, I am being stifled and shut down. And um, but now it can justify I am being attacked for my Christianity yep. when really it's you're being attacked because you're a fucking asshole. Like, mm-hmm. but then they mm-hmm. incorrectly associate that and like make themselves into this martyr character that they're not. So all hardcore Christians have a deep seated desire to be a martyr. Mm-hmm. I-, I firmly believe this. Mm-hmm. Every super religious person that's a Christian that I've ever been uh, that I've ever known has had this just need to be persecuted <laughs> yeah. i i don't know if you know this i have a deep-seated desire to be deeply seated oh yeah i did know that <laughs> by christians <laughs> um uh, yeah, well i think people that especially now that we're starting to recognize um better recognize the experiences and lives of minority people in all ways then other people feel excluded from that and feel like, well, they haven't done anything to earn that. I'm feeling excluded and want to like, they don't, they don't get to use that persecution in conversation in expressing the, the, like their life experiences. So I think then they want that feeling or they, or they think it's kind of made up or exaggerated. So they're like, yeah, I feel that too. I'm it's the same for me being Christian. Cause because for some reason, like someone saying they don't like Christianity is the same as like the deep, <laughs> deeply seated <laughs> prejudice against like gay people, you know, like I think they just they feel excluded or like they don't have a say sometimes, which maybe you just shouldn't have a say. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Or, yeah, your say isn't something you can say anymore. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> stop saying it. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> OK, yeah. Uh, next. Uh, do you remember who Brian Sims is? Mm, all i remember is making a joke about a sims character that wasn't that good but yep this is brian sims he's an openly gay legislator in the state of pennsylvania he's in the pennsylvania house hi. okay yeah he's very very attractive he's stone turn the picture away oh, from me oh, oh, hi <laughs> oh there you went i missed you <laughs> oh, bye. Okay, okay. Oh, bye, brian. i need to read the screen i don't care no. okay. about you or what you need i want to be deeply seated by brian sims um no something serious great politics yeah, you uh, do have to turn his beard away from me so that I don't want to like rub my penis in it. So <laughs> that's on my laptop screen. I would. <laughs> now that you say it, yes, give okay, me that computer. Great. Dick's coming out. Word get shit's getting weird in your bedroom. It's finally okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so um, mega activist Brendan Dilly. <laughs> Dilly. Um. Okay, so I hate pickles. So Brian Sims filmed himself going to an abortion clinic and yelling at anti-abortion protesters and posted it online. So there 
abortion protesters who are typically yelling. He's yelling at those people yelling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And then so you can't now beat him, yell at him. Conservatives have picked that up as this like rallying cry that, of course, pro choice people are insane. Yeah. Ignoring their own insanity to say, point like, as the insane guy <laughs> out the insane guy. Um, but this I love this so much. Dilly, who has appeared on Trump supporting actress Roseanne Barr's YouTube show. Oh, good. Claimed in a video. She has a YouTube show. I guess so. Okay. This dude's not fucking gay. Sims doesn't like the dick. Sims pretends to be gay because it provides coverage of his behavior because he knows anyone who goes against him will be labeled a bigot. I don't think he's gay, and I think we need to prove it. Find me Sims' girlfriend. We should fucking demand we see him suck a dick before we'll believe he's gay. <laughs> you're not gay, dude. Suck a dick. I don't believe you. I think you're just pretending to do it. A gay guy would do it. Suck a dick. Go. This guy really, really, really wants to see Brian Sims suck a dick. <laughs> Suck a dick. Send me the video privately, please. First, I'll, I'll only believe that. I'll evaluate it very carefully, many times, and any ejaculation that may occur is purely incidental. Yeah. It's not related to it. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the, <laughs> I I don't often get as angry online as you do at mm. people. Mm -hmm. But one time that I mean, even when I do get angry at people, I instead of doing all caps like you do, I do like sarcastic comments or jokes back to people. Yeah. And one was some, probably more effective. I don't know, but either are that great. Like, you know, sarcasm <laughs> has never been like a really you know, unifying <laughs> form of communication. Yeah, but at least yours is entertaining. Mine yeah, is just true. a fire hose. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> Here's yeah. why. Um but someone was like posted this comment about like uh, you know how are you only 14 and you don't know if you're gay have you even tried pussy yet and i wrote back okay well in that same lens like tell me about the time you sucked a dick to know that you were straight and everyone has this idea that you have to hook up with you have to suck a dick or get fucked or fuck someone to know that for sure that you're gay yeah. and it's just think about it when yep. did you did you think uh i don't I mean, almost it's, if someone could admit that, oh, I didn't know what orientation I was until I had sex with a woman, then I was like, oh, yeah, definitely straight. Like, that's not how it worked for anyone. Everyone was like, man, I love those ladies. Oh, my God. Look at boobs. I'm super into boobs. I'm going to watch porn with ladies. And then, like, no one follows the path of who knows I'm anything and then hook up with someone and then confirmed. It. That's a little bit dangerous because I think I know people who claim and I have no reason, I, I just have to believe them because it's what they say, that they believed themselves to be straight until they had their first gay experience. And then they were like, oh, I'm gay. Mm. And like, like a switch goes on for them oh. at that stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking pretty generally. And I would love if everyone was like, I won't try to assign a... No, that's not even true. Like, uh, yeah, some everybody people, should take a Bob's Burgers and do something gay. Just, just do <laughs> just like I bet you, a Sean Benjamin has done a little bit of gay stuff. He's his pretty pretty blue eyes. Oh, it's just his voice. Huh. Hmm. He's 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 that does not get you laid. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? I feel like it might have gotten you laid on a oh, well. one to seventeen occasions. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, okay, it's very fast. Okay. The faculty at California Poly State University in uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. California so, Polytechnic State University in San Luis Obispo. Because there's Cal Poly Pomona and there's Cal Poly. There's like, there's a whole, there's a bunch of Cal Poly 
schools. This is the one at San Luis Obispo. It's like, what orientation are you? Gay, straight? Yeah. Cal Poly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, they have voted to kick Chick-fil-A off of their campus. Boom. There's a Chick-fil-A uh, location on campus there, and they have just yanked it. Nope, can't be here. Quote, Cal Poly's values statement includes language that identifies LGBTQ as a classification of individuals that we want to embrace in our diversity and inclusion model, said Thomas Gutierrez, the Academic Senate's vice chair who introduced the resolution. Then you have an organization that regularly and publicly shows up in the national news in great tension with this. So if you have a mission statement that indicates that you value inclusivity and diversity, then you should be making your business decisions based on that. (laughs) Cal Poly and the Cal Poly Corporation sever ties with Chick-fil-A and terminate the contract with the on-campus franchise and be mindful of the practices and donation patterns of its business partners and that said partners are held to the same high diversity and inclusion standards as the rest of the campus community. That's awesome. Yep. Something that I've, well, you said it was quick. I'm going to make it not quick. Great. No, that's fine. <clears throat> um, I have been thinking a lot about what you said of, I think the last time we talked about Chick-fil-A where you were like, you know, someone's response to you is, well, do you know where every dollar goes to and whether it's, you know, what all the organizations do with that money or not? Yep. Don't and, need to. Fuck you. And well, I and I've been thinking a lot about that of like, uh, that's been my own, one of my own personal like qualms is that while I don't go to Chick-fil-A, there's also none around here. I don't think there's one in Bellevue. A, oh, and it's not that I Bellevue is horrible I, I wouldn't go there just because it's bellevue yeah um, I, I work there and never go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that might be a different thing but the reason i'm bringing this up this time is like uh, it feeds into like the therapy that we're going to talk about of Ooh. ideas of perfectionism that like to think that you have to know where every dollar go like what exactly every single dollar goes to in order for you to be a good gay person like that's this trick of perfection that you don't need to do what I, I, I don't know where every dollar goes to what I do know is spending money on this place is supporting anti LGBT funding. So yep. you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know where every single dollar. Yes, you probably are spending money. I'm probably spending money on something that I, I wouldn't want to what I know, but what I do know is this information Yep. and, and the rest of my money doesn't change what I do know about Chick-fil-A. I don't have to know the nutritional value of everything that I eat to know that this thing is bad for me. Yes. I'm not going to eat it. Yes. Oh, that's a good. I like that. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know the nutritional value of everything. So I'll go ahead and eat this entire sheet cake that I bought for myself. <laughs> Never. Hypothetical. Hypothetical sheet cake that I bought for myself that one time. Whenever I buy shitty things at the store, like, oh, I'm going to buy this entire cake for myself. I always in my head have an excuse in case anyone asks like, oh, what's that? You know, I run into a random friend and like, oh, you're buying a cake. What's that for? I'm like, have the coworker ready whose fake birthday it is to like explain to them. It's never happened. Have you talked to your therapist about this? I don't know. <laughs> no, I haven't. That's some severe anxiety shit going on. Like the thought that somebody's going to stop you and ask you that and care what your answer is like there's so much unnecessary anxiety like surely you logically understand that that's just unnecessary anxiety right oh i could run i could like one of the friendly i hate uh, friendly people are so annoying like one of the friendly checkout people at the, the local qfc could be like yo oh look at that cake there's one lady who oh, I think always forgets me and always when she looks at my id because i'm always buying alcohol is like oh my 
cousin's birthday is the same as yours. And I, every time, pretend like I'm surprised or interested and go, oh, crazy. And then be like, can you fucking just approve me and like let me go about my day? Yeah, but that's Someone different may- than an entire artificially constructed backstory for these carbs that you're buying. Like... I, I don't know. <laughs> is this the therapy? Do you want to talk about should therapy? I lay, should I lay down on the <laughs> on the ground right here so you can therapize me? Yeah, let's talk about therapy. Let's talk about therapy. Um, I can I tell you? Can I start with stats? Yeah, let's do some stats. Start with stats. Stats. Stat. Oh, right now. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I got your joke. Several seconds later. Okay. Well, okay. So, well, first of all. Our Facebook group, God bless their hearts. Mm-hmm. What or what is it? What is the condescending thing that Southern people say? Bless their hearts. Bless, bless their little hearts. You asked what topic we should revisit, and they said mental health, which is a broad category okay. of which we've talked about many and a thing. So yeah, yeah. Epic fail Facebook group. I wanted you <laughs> to say episodes that you would like to hear us yeah. do again, not what episode general do you want. topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. What we did, what was helpful from that is we're talking about mental health. Ah, shit. I was going to look up some dude actually specifically asked us to talk about therapy. Okay. Maybe Do you like, want to find him? Yeah. Hold on. Was it on Facebook? Mm, no. Email. I don't remember. Twitter. <laughs> Our Instagram is at gay podcast. <laughs> did you see someone posted several comments on the, on the YouTube episode like the youtube version of the episode we posted to circumcision talking about the study of african men that you talked about yeah it was like a lot of like it seemed like someone who is knows shit about stuff like i think they're a nurse or a doctor or something it was like four comments that was like they paid the african men for this survey so it's gonna come away with the results they wanted and they intentionally didn't ask things about like certain parts certain glands on the foreskin because the like then when they're circumcised they don't have a comparison so they like left it out which is not a fair thing to do when anyway i because it was youtube i was automatically like at first like wrote it off but then it's like i don't know maybe maybe there's something to it Ooh, okay this is a suggestion oh i've I always forget to ask people for permission. This is a suggestion from Charbel uh, that was sent to our gayish Facebook message. Charbel? Charbel L? I don't know. Anyway, so here you go, Charbel. Okay. Uh, In addition to getting feedback from people that we they want us to talk more about mental health we haven't done like a deep mental health issue. Yeah, we haven't cried in a while. For a while. Yeah, well, at least not on this podcast. Um, I was therapized today, by the way. Oh, you were? Mm-hmm. Mine last one was last week. I'm going every two weeks right now, which my therapist and I both agreed, like, let's go. Let's do this more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need a little bit more of this. So my last one was last week. LGBT people. Something I wanted to read. This is from... I thought I included the source. Where did it go? It's on my page. There it is. Uh, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental illness yeah which is the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicated to building better lives of the millions of americans affected by mental illness nami nami stead nami stead (laughs) that's their tagline it's not lgbtq people although just interjecting i think it's i hope you undo this it's 
very dangerous to associate therapy with mental illness. Oh. Like, I know that it can help, but you don't have to be mentally ill to go to therapy and get, like, useful oh. usefulness out of it. Yeah. Agreed. Do, yeah. Because I think that there are people that don't, that would benefit from therapy that don't go to therapy because they think that they have to be sick to do it. Mm, or they, that they're going to be perceived as being ill if they go. And that's not, that's not true. That's a good call. And that, and probably even, like, a good topic of discussion, like, you, everyone has shit they have to work on. You were... Like everyone is some degree of fucked up and <laughs> amen, brother. <laughs> and you don't have to be so fucked up that you can't live your life. You can right. be living a gen generally happy life, but still have things you want to work on about yourself. Like you definitely have blind spots. You definitely have things you can work on by talking to someone. So few of us are so like, you know, have arrived at our own personal understanding and nirvana that you don't need to. So yep. good call out. No, now I'm, but <laughs> let me tell you why LGBTQ people specifically need to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, I have a few stats, but first uh, the site said LGBTQ people must confront stigma and prejudice based on their sexual orientation or gender identity while also dealing with the social bias against mental health conditions. Some people report having to hide their sexual orientation from those in the mental health system for fear of being ridiculed or rejected. Some hide their mental health conditions from the, their LGBTQ friends. So like beyond mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, the double whammy of being queer that, you know, you always experience there's already a bias against you mental existing health. as a <laughs> Yes, you existing as a person, much less mental health, which is another like so you know, the fact that so many LGBTQ people are resistant or don't want to admit to or don't want to face the discrimination of, you know, even uh, talking about the mental health side of things. You know, it reminds me that we have such a great friend group and like our relationship and our friend, our relationship with our friends is such that we can talk about these things and it doesn't feel like a stigma to me anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's not true for so many people. Or so most people, I most, think. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So you are not alone. We talk very openly about it. It's taken work for us to get here. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want people to know. It's it, and we can dig more into it, but like it was not easy when we you and i first started talking about mental health issues yeah but it's been huge and helpful and important for me and my growth uh, and and like the fact that i can i was thinking about this the fact that i can talk on a podcast that dozens of people here <laughs> that like and talk about issues of depression or self-harm or suicidal ideation like three or four years ago I would, it would be, I was gonna say ballistic. That's not bombastic. It would be great. Ecstatic? No, <laughs> no, none of those. It would, be, it would be electrifying <laughs> um, to me. No, it would be like crazy to think that I could do this or Ludicrous. talk about this. That, <laughs> Luda! <laughs> um, remember that video with all the big heads? That was creeped me out. No? Okay. Luda. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so like the fact that I can even do this is insane. And also I want people to know that like we understand people that have a hard time talking about this. Yeah. We've been there. We've gone through it. We've made ourselves talk about it and it's been really helpful in our case. Yep. Um, 
some of the just like the stats that we haven't talked about in a little while i'm sure we've mentioned them before but just so you know lgbtq individuals are almost three times more likely than others to experience a mental health condition such as depression or anxiety um like basically any mental health or basically any disorder that's out there you're probably more likely to to get it or have it when you're queer um for lgbtq people i didn't I guess I didn't totally know this. Like LGBTQ people age 10 to 14 uh, for them. Suicide is one of the leading causes of death, Oh, which I, I mean, I knew we like LGBTQ youth were more likely to consider attempt and, and complete suicide. But I didn't realize it was one of the leading causes of death. How do they know? By measuring it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, how wouldn't they know? Couldn't they look at like death and then? I, I just wonder what the what the methodology is there because you find it you find a, a dead eleven year old that, that committed suicide and you oh, don't okay. like look at them and say, oh, yep, queer. That's right. If I had to guess, it would be that not every state like has requirements around reporting on the you know gender orientation. No, that's combining things: the sexual orientation or gender identity of. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know good question they just know these are psychics <laughs> <laughs> that report based on their psychic response um like counselor troy oh counselor <laughs> she's like a beacon of mental health like of positive mental health because she like i think the fact that i said this to you privately when we watched star trek ages ago because i stopped because it's kind of boring but she would like the fact that they had like among the lead like group of what do they call it front runners top executives bridge officers sure um that like the fact that counselor troy a person who could sense the i don't know what did she do sense the energy star trek people stop listening right now i'm not doing it <laughs> like that she could like sense other people's energy and be like oh something is worrying him or something like and like kind of read the feelings and vibes of a room and report that back the fact that that was so important to be on the bridge with like fucking picard yep. is i thought was like really cool yeah of especially a show in the 80s yep Yep. Dan is going to shit himself when he hears this. <laughs> Why does he love Star Trek? Or hate Star he, Trek? He, he, he hates Counselor Troy. Oh, really? He hates Dr. Crusher. Uh, he just thinks they're useless. Oh, is Dr. Crusher the one with the kid that yeah. she's like the doctor, like yeah. the medical? Oh, well, fuck you, Dan. You can't say anything back because you're not here. You're too busy getting blumpkins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, sad things. Um, you know, LGBTQ youth four times more likely to attempt suicide, experience suicidal thoughts, engage in self-harm than straight people. Um, 20 to 30% of LGBTQ people abuse substances compared to 9% of the population. So two mm. to three times more likely to abuse substances. Uh, a quarter of LGBT people abuse alcohol compared to five to 10% of the general population. Mm. So these are just some of the stats that I guess it's you're right it's you don't have to be experiencing any of these things to need therapy or to think to benefit from therapy but we are under our like minority stress more likely to go through all of these challenges that would lead you to need therapy and it's I just think everyone should be in therapy you need it you I need, need it. it we need it do it do it um man up <laughs> <laughs> man up 
man up, women. Um, that's Selena Meyer. Yeah, I was making a Veep reference for you. I didn't know you knew that. Yeah. I just thought you were saying that. No, I watched the finale last night. You, I haven't watched the finale. Don't tell me. It's like, does, does Cersei die in it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so excited. That show is so good. Any whomsels. Um, well, okay, what do you, how should we get into therapy? How should we get into therapy? No, oh, oh no, I meant you and I right now oh. talking about it. Therapy means a whole bunch of different things. I didn't realize that until I started going to therapy. Like there's different kinds of therapy. There's different kinds of therapists. There's different methodologies. There's different outcomes. Like it's, it's crazy time. So if you can get yourself over the hump of, okay, I want to need to, would like to go to therapy. Even then you have the hard job of figuring out the differences between all these fucking kinds mm. and find a therapist that you like feel comfortable with that, or that you have some kind of connection with because that's necessary mm-hmm. and I, that was really hard like I I think it's it's not an easy job mm. um did you experience like when you were first looking for therapy what like what made you do it or why oh, did you, you first start this yeah yeah all right my ex-wife Refused to go to counseling with me as couples therapy mm. and forbade me to go by myself to individual therapy. Was this before or after you came out to her? Before. Okay. So we're like, things are already not working and or why, why did couples therapy even come up? Because we were not banging. Mm, why? <laughs> why do you think that is? <laughs> do you have any ideas about why that might be? Because she stopped banging me and was probably banging somebody else. Mm. But. I mean, you and you were banging someone else emotionally. Yeah. So I don't remember where in the phase of all of this, like the timing of all of this, that that was, but Mm. it was definitely, um, emotional fornication for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Or, or with manhunt or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Um, so, uh, I, were you at man on manhunt at work? No. Oh, okay. I was maybe on my phone. Okay, but that was back in the day when we didn't have that. Hmm. So maybe on my you, on your flip phone. <laughs> yeah, I had to. Yeah, I, anyway. I remember the first phone that I had that had like Internet Explorer on it, so that I could go. Oh my god, it was so fucking slow, but I was still so grateful. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like the first guy that fucked me. Yep. <laughs> he was slow. Slow. I don't know. <laughs> slow. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, so sorry, <laughs> you, I found, I, I went behind her back to go to therapy the first time. That's not so that she would try to control you in that way. Like you can't, you can't work on yourself. I, hmm. I have lots of theories about why that was her reaction. Hmm. Most of them just come down to control hmm. that somebody else would have some sort of control over me and that mm. was a threat to her like like they were going to convince me they were going to show me how fucked up she was and make mm, me leave her mm. or um, yeah i mean like they say that about like abusive spouse is not saying that she was or wasn't but like that you, they i try to isolate you from your friends and your family and everything because then they have more control I'm, over you so i'm pretty comfortable saying that she was emotionally abusive mm. Like that's man, that's a pretty easy, which is like, I mean, you focus so much on, I feel like a lot of people, including myself until you've talked about your experiences being married to a woman, like 
kind of like you just write that experience off and be like, oh, didn't mean anything. You were gay. But it like it's a real relationship that happened. You really yeah. cared about her. She yeah. really cared about you in whatever weird you know ways that was and they have a real lasting impact on you and so like you know it's hard to get to the like no i was still in a relationship where i experienced emotional abuse like it's not that those experiences including the abuse that you experience is no less valid even though it was you know you were gay during that time you know like that doesn't that actually doesn't negate everything that happened during that relationship so right right which is it's a convenient go-to Right. Like, especially right after I left her, it was easy to just like compartmentalize mm. all of that whole relationship and just tie it with a nice gay bow. Yep. Like that's, that's, <laughs> but it's not true. perfectly frilled ribbons attached oh. to it. Oh yeah. 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 Sparkles. Sparkles. Um, so the very first person that I said out loud, the words I am gay to were, that was this, this mm. therapist. Um, I had said to friends in college that I was bi. Mm. But just full on, like, yeah, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I had not said that face to face, like chatting online or whatever. Yeah. I had said it, um, but but like to an actual live human being, he was the first one that I ever said that to. Hmm. And uh, he had his hands full. <laughs> Wait, hopefully not literally. Not literally. Oh, okay. No, he didn't pull out your dick at that point. No. No. Do you think was he gay? Straight? I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Hmm. I think that there's there's a very intense. So when you when you when you meet with a therapist, at least I can only speak for myself. Maybe this will resonate with you. I have I am so programmed to read other people and um try to anticipate their needs and wants and emotional mm. state and and uh, and all of that is so automatic. A good therapist will not give you anything. Hmm about their personal life, about what they think or feel, at least for the first few sessions, their job is just to get to know you. Hmm. And that means they are not part of that process. Hmm. Like, and it's very, very difficult for me. I'm like working real hard to like, look for cues about who is this person? Are they married? Do they have kids? Like how old are they? How do they feel about gay people? How do they like, uh, you want to take care of their needs because you're so used to taking care of other people that like to not get anything back from them and have you be the only one being taken care of. It's excruciating. Hmm. And that's, uh, that's, that's a really hard part of therapy Hmm. for me. Although I will add like, uh, uh, I do think, you know, part of it is you're interviewing them, especially during the first few sessions, you're interviewing sure. that person. You're trying to understand if you have a match with them. So it is fair to ask certain questions that are important to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of them, as an example, do you treat other LGBTQ people? Like, so you do yeah. want to get some sense of who this person is, what their beliefs are about counseling. Do they match with your beliefs? Are they the right person for you? Um, So uh, I'll add that it's not purely, you know, you, you want to get some reading from them on, is this the right person for me? Yeah. And I feel like, especially in the first session or two, like we are also very trained to like ignore our, like uh, some of our feelings about people like, treat everyone everyone's fine like oh this is a competent mental health therapist i should be fine with them but like super trust your instincts on whether they're the right match for you and you know what you need from it and you may not be able to put your finger like for me it was hard to like 
to feel like, okay, I'm not getting along. I, I feel like I need a female therapist mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, just my experience. I'm, it's easier for me to talk to women uh, when it's a male. I get nervous. I know it's not fair, like for that person, for me to be nervous about them, be, you know, it's based on like me being worried about straight men and what they think of me. And, but it's just for me, having a female therapist is super beneficial. Like it's, it helps me relax, helps me, helps me communicate better. So have like, you talked to your therapist about that? No, we're like, I'm, this is, I'm a, I'm with a new therapist now. So mm-hmm. like we're at some of the, we're still at the basics of who I am, you know, like yeah. just uh, all those things. So no, I, that could be a, like a, a, let's explore that when, you know, there's a therapy session. I don't have anything to talk to about. There are some bigger, bigger fish to fish to therapize. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's probably something there. Probably. Why are men scary, Kyle? Because they're they're like bigger. (laughs) They're bigger? Yeah. They're they're larger sometimes. Um, My first... You're a big dude. Like... I know, but, but the person I am on the inside is like a little small, like... Oh, child. So I don't think of myself. I don't always like being this tall. I wish I was a little shorter. Yeah. Um, My first, uh, when I first went to therapy was, uh, I came out to my parents. Okay. And they, that was in college. They said they wanted me to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. They didn't say this explicitly, but I think they wanted me to, a therapist to be like, you might, maybe you're just straight. Like, I think they wanted someone to help like conversion there. No, they didn't. No, 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 no. They did not. Nope. Uh, but they, uh, and they didn't like say why they didn't go into the, that. It's just my assumption based on their kind of initial initial. I mean like the negative reaction they had for the first year or two or whatever. Um, but that they wanted someone to talk me out of it. That's my assumption. Interesting. Um, I went to therapy and it ended up being this like grad student who he was himself gay. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I think that desire for me to go to therapy to fix me like really didn't work at all. Yeah. And it's interesting because it was nice to talk to a therapist at first. And then like I started becoming attracted to him because he's a dude and I was gay and he was older than me. And I think he had like his ears pierced or something. And it was like, how can I not, you know, like what, who, who am I to, it's always been a low bar. hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's a high bar. It's just that there are lots of people in the world that meet that. That's, did you like my reframing of that? Yeah. Negative and sort of Buddhist of you or something. Uh, Yes. Zen. I don't know. Buddha loves me. He sits on my dick. Um, <laughs> you and sitting on it today is just like I don't a, know why. I don't know why. <laughs> he's got a he's got a fat body that likes to sit. I got a fat. Not all dick. of them are he fat. Likes, oh, they're skinny Buddhas. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe this Thai Buddha's skinny. He's little. Oh, he can sit on my dick too if he wants to. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> one after another. Would you be a lucky Pierre in a Buddha sandwich? <laughs> Lucky Pierre in anything sandwich. Okay, <laughs> Anywho, um, something. Hey, Kyle. Hey, Mike. How's this going? We're <laughs> we're scratching the surface of therapy. That's good. Yeah. Um, 
you're saying that there are a bunch of different kinds of therapy that you have to wade through. What I don't want is for people to get like, uh, I'm the type of person that the more complex something seems, the less likely I am to do it. Oh. So like hearing there are a bunch of types of therapy that you have to wade through to actually do it. Like makes me like, Oh, I can't. That's too, I okay, no, that's fair. do a whole bunch of research now. And I like, that makes this like process really difficult. So I mean, my suggestion is like, as long as you're safe, as long as you're personally safe, you know, meaning you can go to a place where you feel like they are supportive or can be supportive or whatever. So as long as you're being safe, just try it, you know, just go and Jesus, lots of birds. You having feelings? Having lots of wine feelings. Mm -hmm. My feeling is I want more wine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There it goes in your mouth. <laughs> num, num, num. <laughs> Pretty sure he puts them somewhere other than his mouth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Butt chugging rosé. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, fantastic. That's so good. Um, a little pink from a pink. Have you ever nose blasted rosé? Yeah. <laughs> Neti potted with rosé. <laughs> Very dangerous. <laughs> All professionals recommend not doing it, but it's worth it. Um, okay, so one of the funniest things that we've ever done, I think, was the segment on our fake clip show. <laughs> yeah. When we did the sounds of what nose blasting sounds like. It's so good. I don't remember what any of the noises were, but they were like, I remember very nasally. And like, ah, ah, like weird things like that. So good. You think that's our, man, a, a gem lost in a sea of everyone confused. Cause Pearls before weird. swine. You're going to give a. You're going to come on a pig's face? Yep. Is that what that means? Okay, good. Yep. I love the bacon. Um, <laughs> Just like big fatty. Um, okay. Maybe this is a good... I'm going to I want to tell you about some the study. Tell me. Um, you're, you said your counselor, your first therapist was a male, but you didn't know if they were gay or straight. Yeah. My first therapist was straight. Nope. Gay. <laughs> um, but uh, I read this study that ask the question should you I'm making it easy and the things that I cared about should you have a gay therapist if you're gay interesting okay what's your initial thought about that um it probably depends on the type of therapy and why you're there like like from for my therapy it doesn't matter but for somebody who is really struggling with their sexuality and needs to have somebody that they can talk to that gets it mm -hmm. right away without having to build trust or build a context. Mm. That's probably super helpful. Mm. Um, so the biggest find, Oh, this is a study by, what do you think? You didn't answer your own question. Oh, um, I would have before reading this, I would have thought a double edged sword. Having gay therapists would be helpful because it's someone that totally gets it. But on the same time, I mean, I always jump to like the sexual fantasies that you may have of having a gay therapist then could, I mean, I guess that could happen with a straight therapist, a dude therapist, I guess then it's like, I don't know. I, I would come back. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what if they, what if the only cure for my mental health issues is just like giving a really great blowjob <laughs> to a straight therapist, to a straight therapist. That's mm. just what I need right now. Therapist. Yep. <laughs> and is your duty to, come on me um sometimes a cigar is just a cigar kyle 
sometimes it's in my ass. <laughs> I'm picturing like me drinking rosé from my ass and then smoking and my ass just like. You have that kind of control? Yep. Okay. I do. Um, This is a therapy. Nope. This is a study by I, Stracuzzi, Thomas, and more Jonathan and Fertes Jairo. Uh, from 2011, uh, called again, again, masterfully done. Girl. Thank you. <laughs> I just kept going, even though I was wrong. That's this podcast. I kept Gay-ish. going. I kept, kept going, going, even though we're wrong. wrong. Gay and bisexual male clients, perceptions of counseling, the role of perceived sexual orientation, similarity, and counselor universal diverse orientation in the Journal of Counseling Psychology. That was a okay. bunch of words. Then yeah. gay journal psychology health gay counselor. Um, they went to practices known to be LGBT affirming and talked to, which is important in this context, and then asked, uh, did a survey for the therapist and their therapy receivers, therapies, <laughs> their therapies. <laughs> um, and 83 clients total, 33 counselors. Um, one of the most interesting findings is Okay, two things. So one, uh, so each of the counselors took this like kind of universal uh, thing that helps understand their own perceptions of how in touch they are with minority issues, not just uh, LGBT, but all kinds of minority issues. So people that scored positively on that self-reported quiz thing, um, that shit. Okay. This doesn't sound... I know what I'm talking about. It means they didn't take their prep. <laughs> I I took... No, I didn't take my prep. I'm not taking prep. Um, You're not taking prep? No, but I'm working on it. Kyle Johnson. I'm... Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> my guts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. All right. It's just close. I'm, I have a, a prep uh, <laughs> bottle waiting for me at the... Oh, pharmacy. That's way closer Store. than I thought you were going right? you were. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. People that scored well on this quiz about diversity, if they scored well, then that associated positively with their clients reporting a good uh, working alliance, session smoothness, and session depth. So people that what? Just smoothness and depth is what you're looking for in therapy, <laughs> apparently. Some people like like a little hairiness and depth. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like if the counselor assesses themselves as being good at understanding and learning about diversity, that will help your working relationship with them. So that says to me... Doesn't everybody think they're a good driver? Well... I mean, no, because the fact that they came away with some, like, yeah, yeah. the degrees to which someone replied, otherwise they would have said, literally everyone said yes, and this is not helpful, so, okay. um, also not everyone, some people know. <laughs> I, for one, am an amazing driver. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? Have you been in a car with me? It's gone really well? I you've, think a couple of times you've And driven. you felt very safe. I don't remember feeling not safe, oh. and when I feel not safe, I... You remember? I remember. I I'm not. I'm I'm fine. Yeah. All the accidents I've been in have been their fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> I got, How many you, be talking here? Because <laughs> I mean, there's a common thread to all of them. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like only one out of the like 32 accidents I've been in have been my fault. No, I've been in two accidents, I think, and 
and they were both their fault. Okay. Someone T-boned me. They were going the wrong way in an intersection. The car got totaled. I was fine. Wow. I'm, I'm Mr. Unbreakable. Is that when you decided to not have a car anymore? Oh, yeah. When it got totaled, I was like, oh, give me the money. Take some of this money. <laughs> I don't really think I really need this. Yeah. Um, okay. So part of what that says is ask your therapist about like things like. Or ask your you, therapist if Travada is right for you. <laughs> the answer is yes. If you're fucking, it's yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it's like, ask them how how familiar are you with LGBTQ issues? Do you treat anyone else who's LGBTQ? What, you know, like, and their self-assessment of how, how knowledgeable they are is a helpful indicator of how well that will go for you. Okay. I don't know that you're going to get that by asking them. Like, I think like asking things versus filling out a questionnaire when you don't have a patient there asking about it is a different, do you know what I'm saying? No. If I get a survey that says, how good are you at gay shit? Mm. That's going to be maybe an easier or more honest answer than a gay person sitting across Mm. from me in my office saying, are you good at gay shit? Well, yeah, but like you can also ask things that there is a yes or no answer to. Like, are you treating other LGBTQ people? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I think. uh, Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Did you get that come out of your throat? Yeah. Okay, great. Um. Something else that was more surprising that I think is important is uh, sessions were experienced as less valuable by the counselee, by the person, the therapy, by the fucked up dude, um, when the counselor was accurately perceived, nope, oh, was inaccurately perceived as being a sexual minority person. So. Okay, wait. So, 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 so. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lady right now that I think is probably a lesbian. Mm-hmm. But if she's not really a lesbian, I'm not doing so hot. Correct. It said, and specifically Mike Johnson, <laughs> not doing so hot. That's what this report found. I mean, yeah, like the idea. And I think my interpretation of this is when you think someone else is queer then your expectation about your interaction is going to be way different than if I'm talking to a straight therapist, then I know I have to do some more of the legwork. I know I have to tell you about some of the things that you don't know about versus like versus if I think you're gay and then it's like, oh, you get it. You know, like, so that to me says, I mean, one, don't make assumptions about the orientation of your therapist. um, And two, even if you think they're gay, I mean, just don't, I guess. No, um, the, like, don't come in with expectations that, oh, I think they're gay, so they're going to get it. You know, like, I think my guess is it's a lot about the expectations of someone who's gay and a therapist that is why you're not getting as good of results as um, if you just know they're straight. It's really interesting. I know. This is not the date I was looking for. I couldn't find the like rates of how many gay people are in therapy. I think it's like 105%. Though. Mm. Um, no, it's not enough. It's not enough. I would be interested in whether it was more or less than straight people, specifically oh. white ladies in their forties. <laughs> Cause they're like, they're all in therapy. They're, they have two therapists each mm-hmm. one to talk about the other therapist with your therapist. <laughs> um, 
And this was not the goal of the survey, but something else they asked about. Goal. <laughs> Are you still trying to attract those people from Spain? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Football. 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 We did it. They're all listening now. <laughs> Good work, us. We haven't looked at our numbers since that Spain episode. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think we've made a, a big jump in Spain? Hola, by, España. By doing an episode about Spain in English. <laughs> do you think they like that? I think they loved it. Okay. Um, they also asked about religiousness. Yeah. Religiosity? Is that a word? That's a word. Great. I knew that. Um, clients who reported <laughs> higher levels, and keep in mind, they're specifically looking for the people in these groups are LGBT individuals and uh, practices. I'm having a hard time finding all the right words about therapy because there's so many different things. Anyway. Does therapy make you nervous? Oh. Eh, talking about going to therapy? No. Mm. But like the details of it, maybe a little bit. Okay. I'll get into it. Maybe I'll just talk to my therapist about that mm-hmm, one too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. People, clients who reported higher levels of religious commitment reported lower levels of perceived improvement. Yeah. (laughs) One of the, like, so this study, like good studies, did not claim to know the answer, but they gave some speculations that... I want to give mine. Do it. I would speculate that people that are highly religious believe that whatever is going on for them is God's will Mm. and that they cannot change it. So even if they go and even if they get good advice, what's the point? God made me Mm. this way. Like you can't fuck with God's plan. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, Uh, that's very similar to, yeah, they were like, you know, people that are religious are more likely to have this like homo negativity. I think is the word they use. Like, you know, that that's harder to, to break. It's harder to, for someone who's religious and grown up believing they are inherently bad. We all, a lot of us grow up thinking that, but to have it like from a spiritual religious level, like you fundamentally were created wrong as a person and God is not like God doesn't like you because of that like to try to change that I would think would be like way harder to break those religious beliefs that you have yeah so um that's the that's the only study I have for this episode I don't know how often we go to therapy as gay people but it should be it needs to be way more than we do sorry we're already at an hour and a half I know way we don't need more studies we don't need more studies (laughs) that's good um, because I don't have them for you Hmm. um Okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about our therapy. Okay. What you mentioned the types of therapy. Yep. Do you want to talk more about what types you've experienced? Sure. What, yeah. Do it. I mean, a lot of them are just talk therapy. Like the the therapist knows that they're doing something differently, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily know that they were doing something different. Yeah. Right. Which like, is one of the things I want to put out to people who are like me and nervous. You know, if you say there are a bunch of types, like. Most of the time you can go in and say, I want to do talk therapy. They'll get that. And that just means we're going to talk to each other. Yep. You'll get things out of it for sure. So you don't have to go in knowing like, I want this specific kind of, blah, blah, you know, like ask them about the strategies they use. So learn yep. about, you know, what is, but like you benefit, even if you go in, talk to a person, they say nothing and you leave you like that will be beneficial. Yep. Going to therapy is helpful regardless. So that's what I would put out to people like me who, Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, and I mostly have had talk therapy, but um, so I forget when it happened. I think it was after I came out to Alyssa and left her and was living with my fraternity brother, One Ball Dan. Are we including her name in there? I've said Alyssa a hundred times, haven't I? Oh, my ex-wife. Great. Well, do you, I don't know. You can tell now. Do you do you care if I put have her I name told in? this story before on the podcast? I'm not sure. Trevor and I, when we first started dating, Alyssa and I were still married and we were finalizing our divorce, but at, like we had been separated. It's not like it, it, it's not that salacious of a story. Yeah. That part isn't. But uh, uh, Trevor went into my phone and renamed her Cuntzilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I actually what I remember bleeping is that nickname. OK, because <laughs> I, I think at the time I've gotten better about like just letting us both say what we said <laughs> and <laughs> editing less and just are you OK putting all of that out there? Yeah, I'm great. sure. Oh, great. OK. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> But so, so every time that she would call or text, my phone would go, Cuntzilla. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it said her name? No, like it wouldn't say her name, but oh, like it would show up on, on the screen. Or, but uh, this was back in the day when like phones first started getting integrated with like work email oh. and that kind of thing. <laughs> so I was a at the time and, oh, you have to bleep that. That's great. It's been a while. It's been a while. Hello, old friend. <laughs> Hello, old um, friend. I, I, I was actually like leading a PowerPoint presentation in a conference room full of people when she called me and then I got this notification on the screen everyone was looking at that Cuntzilla had just <laughs> I missed a call from Cuntzilla and everybody in the room saw it did you all was very embarrassing. acknowledge it or just move on I just no- moved on next slide the right <laughs> I don't know what therapy has to say about this but sometimes you just ignore things and move on mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I think that's okay <laughs> So, uh, I, I thought my therapist died because, uh, he, um, he canceled several, uh, appointments in a row and, um, th- then I had one and he didn't look so good. And then he canceled a couple more and then you went to his funeral and then I got this, I, and then I got this notice that I had a new therapist and so so i started meeting with this woman and we were on like a twice a week kind of a cadence it was it was a lot mm-hmm. and then she it was kind of sneaky i don't think she was supposed to do this <laughs> she was reading my treatment plan to me out loud oh it's like reading his personal notes that he had taken yes oh that's like i want the answers to me you know like you you're not always ready to get the answers that people tell you so i get why they don't do this but like sometimes i just want to read my therapist notes and be like what did you write about me yep tell me the answers to why i'm fucked up yeah but she was writing she was reading me her summary of his stuff not his stuff directly sure but still but but she was reading like i have this new new client michael johnson who had been seeing i forget his name now which is weird comma now retired oh. comma like <laughs> so i found out that he wasn't dead because oh, okay. she said that when i don't think she was supposed to anyway well, are you maybe maybe in the therapy world retired means he's retired to the therapy bin in the sky <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like he got, just got recycled into the. I don't like that way of thinking about it. it just therapy like pit? The therapy pit? Ew, no. Therapy the, prison? The, <laughs> yes, he went to therapy prison. <laughs> he knows all your secrets and he had to be contained for that. <laughs> like a child crossing the border. Um, uh, I want to. Man, I want to. Yeah, I mean, can't you request your medical you have, notes? I think you have a right to that information if I you really know. want it. You, but 
but is that the right but do you should you i guess is the question okay anyhow so i want to get to the next like really intense part. oh okay so do i have to be serious now the, no, I, no 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 oh, no should i but, fill up with wine Lee? yeah sure I can talk while you're pouring wine. This woman uh, came from like classical Freudian analysis. I had to do analysis, which I can't believe that I did this. Like looking back at it, it, it is amazing to me. But I had really, really good insurance and her office was only like six blocks from work. All good reasons to pick your therapist. <laughs> I did paid. four hours Jesus. a week. I did every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And analysis is on a couch, like classic Freudian style. I went into her office and laid on a couch staring at the ceiling an hour a day, most days of the work week. Jesus. Wait, sorry. Was this for months and months, more than a year? When was it? Was this, did you say, was this after when you and uh, Melissa were separated? Or we were you? divorced at that point. Okay. I'm pretty sure because I changed jobs. I left I was working at Getty, which was close by to her office, and that's when I did analysis, and I didn't do that move until the divorce was final. Trevor and I were living here. I, I Yeah. We've learned a lot since we very first started saying the word and bleeping it. Can I say it? Getty? I don't know. I don't see why not. Well, I don't see why we'd started bleeping the other one either because we didn't know. Okay, great. So we're not doing it for any one's protection just because we started a tradition that we have to carry through. Yeah. Got it. Anyway. Okay. You were so what? Yeah. What does analysis look like? I mean, that's that's literally what it was. I would come in and I would lay on her couch and stare at the ceiling. Sometimes she would give a prompt, but that was pretty rare. Usually it was dead ass fucking silence with her clicking clock until I decided to start talking and it was supposed to be just stream of consciousness. Here's what's inside me. It's come out of my face and uh, it was. Then you started a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and it's worked way better. I have said before, I think that podcasting is excellent therapy. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, I feel like. We were already pretty close before we started the podcast, but I feel like we've gotten like a lot closer through this process. Yeah. And like we we talk about things that we don't normally talk about. And that's sort of the magic of therapy is yeah. having a space where you talk about things yeah. and put yourself out there yeah. and really let let your insides come out like a like rectal prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> That's way better than any. Okay, I, was gonna be I love it. Um, what was the end product of this hours and hours that you spent doing analysis? Um, like, is the process the answer, or is she supposed to come away with like, you have talked at me for fifty hours, and here's what I think? I don't know. Huh. I mean, I think I did it for more than a year, but like, apparently, some people do analysis for like two, three, four years, and then like that's when the magic happens. I don't oh. know. I did not find it a particularly effective modality for myself. Hmm. Um, mostly because I think the value in that kind of work is that it forces introspection. It forces you because all other options have been taken away from you, including people to look at. Cause I was mm -hmm. looking at her ceiling, not mm -hmm. at her. It forces you to listen to those voices in your head. And just because other, I don't want to listen to her fucking clock anymore. I start talking. <laughs> uh -huh. And I, I, I think I'm pretty good at listening to myself. Hmm. I'm I'm discovering that I'm pretty um listening. 
Listeny. Is that the word you were looking for? Introspective is the word, but I used it already, so I was oh. trying to come up with a better, different no. word. Like, I, I, I know myself pretty well. I'm just fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, it's a whole nother kind of like, to be so aware of how fucked up you are, like, that's a whole nother thing. But I, I mean, I thought I was good at this, and one of the things I learned through therapy is I'm not good at understanding a feeling and the connection to my body. Oh yeah. So even if you think there, I, I would also say like, even if you think you're good at things, I feel like the people who don't think they need therapy are probably the people that who need it the most because yeah. everyone is fucked up. So if you think you, you're not fucked up enough to need therapy, then there's you're some the fucked up. You're the fucked up just... one that, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> fucked up. Best. Is that the <laughs> word that I know I'm going to use? Um, so for me it's my connection to my body and i always thought that like listening to your body was like hippy dippy shit like that's stupid you just what like oh let me listen let me sit and listen to my body is like just something that someone in yoga would do like yeah. which is stupid as well but yeah. um it's listen not, to my body I, it's horny it's <laughs> I listen to my body it's very erect <laughs> i have heard you um but that's been really big for me to try to start paying attention to like uh, I remember therapists would be like how does that make you feel and I'd be like oh I'm sad and they're like mm, like where do you feel it in your body and I'd be like uh, in my brain because that's where I think things and mm -hmm. like that's where feelings happen and and to like the like one of the biggest things that clicked for me was um when I was asking my therapist there's sometimes when you're watching Netflix and it's good because you're relaxing, you're taking your own time, you're like watching a show. And there's sometimes when it's bad, you're like avoiding the world and being a trash person. I didn't say like that, but like, yeah. and I was like, how do I know when, when, like, how do I know if it's good or bad for me? And I, as this like very analytical person, you, you always <laughs> come across on the podcast as the person that's more analytical and into the, like, which is funny to me because like, I am also that way, but mm. maybe a little less so than you. So, right, but, um, but like, I just wanted her to say, you're allowed to watch Netflix for this number of hours and that's when it's fine. You know, I want to just give me the answer. Yeah. And she said something that I was really annoyed at. She was like, you'll feel it when it becomes like when it's not helpful anymore. And I was like, in my head, I was like, well, that's stupid. I'm that too bad. I didn't get anything out of this, you know, moving on. Then I paid attention to how I felt mm -hmm. and I can feel now I can feel the moment that it goes from watching Netflix and it's relaxing and helpful to, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. I need to get up and take a walk or do something. I can feel it in my body. I know the moment I, when it goes to the next episode and it's it's now not helpful. I can feel it in my body. Yeah. I don't always do anything about it, but like that is one of my biggest takeaways from therapy is like learning to like be more in touch with how it feels in my body. And that gives you a lot of clues that I've been ignoring for a lot, long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Thank you. That's, that's good. <laughs> that's well, interesting no, my, from <laughs> I, I don't think I've learned that. Oh, I don't think oh. that that's been a part of my like therapeutic process. I know that it's a thing I've had. I've had like my current therapist. She asks me pretty often, like, like, what does that feel like? Mm. But uh, do you are you able to answer that or not? Sometimes. I, I just always had a hard time answering where I felt it in my body. I was like, always thought that was a stupid question and I didn't like it. And I was like, you don't feel feelings in your body. You feel them in your 
brain because your brain is the thing that sends the message like i just thought it was stupid so like uh, yeah to connect that to where you feel in your body is i think helpful like when i'm sad i always get a sore throat does that count oh yeah oh yes of course that's weird is it because you suck dicks when you <laughs> sometimes you get strep throat after like real after like real deep throating a dick do you ever get strep throat no oh me neither like actual <laughs> like like medically diagnosed strep throat okay here's the thing quick psa great not Penis every service announcement not every bad shit that happens to your throat is strep that's like all moms think that their kid has oh. strep and like it's way over said like kids on the playground are like i have strep like no you don't because nope. you wouldn't be here at school yeah you yeah, little you bitch couldn't like, swallow your pb and j <laughs> or you can't bring peanut butter to school anymore you're you're j but you, you mean like a, a streptococcal infection of the throat Ooh, it's definitely streps streptococcal <laughs> i got cockled and now i have strep yeah yeah putting the cock in streptococcus <laughs> i've definitely like many times gotten strep from super deep throat in a dick mm. Good for you. You're, you're welcome. Whoever the, whoever that was, I don't, I mean, I think it's just random hookups, so I don't, but like, man, I got strep for you. You're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I did real good. That is, anyway. To back up just a little bit. <laughs> I'm really very mm-hmm. proud of you that you immediately associated my oh. sadness with dick sucking because <laughs> I think... <laughs> Sorry, no, you said a serious thing and I asked if it was because of dicks. But yes, <laughs> yes, recognizing a sore throat connecting to, I was going to say sucking a dick. No, what? A sadness. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I connect sucking a dick to sadness because it's like, I don't want to feel anything. Just give me a dick. Anyway, <laughs> backing up even further. Yep. One of the eight, like outside of, I've done a lot of t- talk therapy. Uh, you'll hear it called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. I think that's something really helpful in general. Uh, this is, uh, if we didn't already play, we are not medical professionals or therapists, then here's your disclaimer. We're not. So these are, well, the rest is just our opinions. Although um, if we cure you, we want to know. Yes. <laughs> we'll take credit for the good. If you do something fucked up because of us, that's, you shouldn't have, that's your fault. Yep. Why did you do that? Yep. Stop it stop it <laughs> um but uh, oh cognitive behavioral therapy cbt not <laughs> not the other not the dan's probably in some cbt right now <laughs> cock and ball torture yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not I talking about that cbd which is a marijuana oh thing. no not not okay. the marijuana either oh i wish i was on marijuana right now um no yeah. yeah that's life is better when you're high um no talk to your therapist about that I don't think marijuana is good for my mental mental health. I don't think it's good for my eating habits because <laughs> I always am just like I'm hungry. I do everything. Nom 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 yep. nom nom. But uh, I think uh, for me personally, I think cognitive behavioral therapy CBT is helpful for gay people because uh, queer people in general because there are a lot of negative shit you've heard and probably have led to some internal voice in your head that is internalized homophobia or queer phobia or whatever like that you need to like cognitive behavioral I'm not that drunk but that's a CBT is helpful in taking some of the things that your internal mind head says to you in your voice brain mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and like questioning that and trying to learn new th- ways of talking to yourself Did, that was the yeah <laughs> that was the technical definition <laughs> but one of the 
unusual or different like forms of therapy that I've done is I was going to say EBT EMDR EMDR thank you mm. oh have I, I told you I was going to talk about I was going to talk about EMDR oh do you want to say things about it before I get into my yeah sure okay so yeah, e- yeah. EMDR is eye movement desensitization see you're not that drunk but like so many words about therapy. eye movement desensitization and reprocessing and okay here's the thing <laughs> Uh-oh. the studies say that EMDR works it's not universally the case, but m- most studies say that it's at least as efficacious as other kinds of talk therapy. But to read through this voodoo magic bullshit, <laughs> I would not think for a second that it would work or do anything. Well, it right? also is like proven for PTSD. Like that is its kind of clinical yeah. use. And then other people have started to use it for other things. But fun fact Growing up gay is traumatic stress. <laughs> oh, like, we all have PTSD. We, yeah. Okay. This is a big, also a big thing that I've learned from therapy that I want everyone to know is we all, or I shouldn't generalize. I assume that like, I almost am like hard on myself because, you know, I've never, you know, I've never experienced a major loss like you know, my parents are alive. They're married. Like I had a good upbringing. Like, you know, we had our time when I came out, but they came around and, you know, I've had good relationships and like, you know, so the, the difference between big T and little T trauma was a really important thing that I learned. Yeah. So big T trauma is my dad died. I, you know, you stepped on a mine. I st- that's giant T <laughs> no good. Yeah. Little T trauma is all these little things in your life that add up and have a lasting impact on you. And it's okay to be traumatized to have PTSD. Like you say, like it's okay to not have anything major have happened to you and still be fucked up. Yeah. Like, and, and yeah, there's this weird feeling I, that I've had, and I'm, I'm sure you have had to of like, I don't deserve to be fucked up. Oh yeah, because yeah. I'm everything so, is fine. I feel guilty for fine. being depressed because they're like, I mean, you could like go to these extremes. They're children that don't have food or water. How? Why should I be depressed when I had a good life? But like, yeah. comparing yourself is not helpful. And also, especially being queer, you get so much little t trauma. Yeah. Yep. That it adds up, and it's okay to be basically it's okay to be fucked up. Yeah. It's okay and. And if you aren't fucked up, you're a genius. Like you're a some kind of amazing human person that is impervious to society. Because like, how can you not be fucked up even nowadays being gay? Like, it's yeah. So it's okay if you you don't have to have a one definitive reason. You don't have to pinpoint one moment that is why you're fucked up. It's okay to just feel fucked up and yeah. need to work on that. One way of dealing with trauma is to forget about it to to hide it from yourself and and people do that that's one theory that oh so that's one theory that one of my therapists have given me on why i'm so forgetful is because i'm so used to forgetting it ignore i'm in general like i deflect i ignore that's my way of coping with things so that's possibly why i'm really bad at remembering things is just a coping mechanism well, as someone who remembers things. Oh, boy. It's, uh, that must suck. <laughs> as bad as it is to forget things, it must suck to remember things, too. But 
I have, I have spent a lot of time in therapy. I just, I believe that there must be some fucking crazy ass traumatic event in my past that I mm. have forgotten. Mm. And that's why I'm fucked up. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be true. Yeah. Same. Like, same. That. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like waiting to uncover the like recovered memory of like, oh, right. The aliens abducted you. They. The priest diddled me. Yeah. I forgot. Yep. Exactly. I for, I completely forgot that I even went to church much yep. less than. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Which might be true. Like, I don't want to discount anybody who's actually going through that and may yeah. need to uncover that or needs help discovering that and, 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 um, uh, help process that. Yeah. You also don't need that though, as a justification, you don't need to have some uncovered trauma that to justify going to therapy or like growing up gay is enough, a million little yep. traumas <laughs> that uh, that's, that's reason enough. Yeah. And, and anyway, yeah. yeah totally um, so EMDR, emdr what they do is uh, at least the wikipedia article says <laughs> oh you looked up a wikipedia article on this yeah um so the wait per- did you do this in advance or did you just do this right now no, I did you knew it oh you wanted to talk about do you know did you you knew that i did this right i knew that somebody had i didn't know that it was you oh it was me okay uh, do you want to do it now? No, I'm kidding. I'm not a trained <laughs> professional. Um, it's not that like hard. you did up speaking it's Spanish not or something. That, okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna speak in tongues. Like, hey, old oh, Jesus, like Mike is like, I did it wrong. But the person being treated, that would be Kyle, Hello. is asked to recall distressing images while moving their eyes side to side or hand tapping, but something that is bilateral sensory input. And I, I, I think it's, it's just. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. It's like you think of something disturbing and now let's well, make your eyes move real fast and that's <laughs> going to fix it. Well, okay. Uh, in practice, what this looks looked like is I sat in front of my therapist, put my hands on my, this wasn't important, put my hands on my lap. She put her finger, her index finger at a comfortable distance in front of my eyes and moved them back to moved her finger back to back, like side to side. And I followed it with my eyes it wasn't fat. You said fat. It wasn't fast. It was just, just a right, left, right. And you just follow it with your eyes back and forth. Okay. And she did that for, you know, several seconds. Uh, she didn't ask me to think of something disturbing, though. Mm. but what, what she did is almost like mindfulness. Like that whole kind of practice is just like, she stopped doing that and then said, what did you think about? Like mm. basically the, mm-hmm. it was just, that was it was just every time, what did you think about? And so I would say, I thought about that one time when I forgot my homework and I cried at school. Oh, okay. She put her finger back up, back to back, side to, or side to side. Now what? And like... thought about that little place in my bedroom that I used to keep all the heads of the pets in the neighborhood that I killed. <laughs> and she walked away <laughs> and the police came. <laughs> no. So um, I burned her office down. So, yep. It was all very healthy. I listened to my body. My body said, burn it. <laughs> and now I'm fine. Khaleesi. I don't, I don't know. It's Game of Thrones. Right. Okay, go ahead. Um, Dinklage. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it was weird. I did that. Like every other time we did that, every other time we did talk therapy, if if something big happened, <laughs> what? I just 
Taco therapy. Taco. Mm, okay, don't write off taco therapy. It is a very satisfying form of therapy that we all enjoy. It doesn't fix shit, but no. it's great. And it, in fact, it makes things worse, <laughs> bowelly speaking. But, um, and yeah, so like sometimes I was like, even to my therapist, I was like, I don't know how if this is helpful, but that was my most effective therapist that I worked with. Mm. And what that did uncover is like what, what we would do. I don't know what part of, you know, like, I don't know the technical rules of this or, you know, what we just did cause it worked for us. But like there are sometimes at the end of doing that for an hour session, you would do it for a whole hour. Mm-hmm. The finger thing for a whole hour. You got fingered for an hour. I got <laughs> so much fingered back and forth. <laughs> So many memories came up. <laughs> um, she Every memory she would write down and then we'd keep going. Um, and actually, like, I guess I should. One of the things that this was based on is we were trying to focus on what we came to. This is a really important thing that I learned from therapy is I have issues of self-confidence, self-esteem, low self-esteem like that. I hope you didn't pay a lot for her because I could have told you that. I Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was like. A giant finding from therapy is that I have low self-esteem. Like, I, you're right. Now that seems like no fucking shit. Also, <laughs> like, I didn't recognize that. I didn't understand that that was a central issue for me that was mm-hmm. causing a lot of my own problems. And so, like, to come to that, that's where I say, like, you know, people who think they don't need therapy are probably the ones that need it is, like... Yeah. I didn't know I had this giant blind spot into what was causing so many of my issues. So like I at least knew I was super depressed. I was gay and depressed. I needed like, I at least knew that, but I didn't know the central issue that now seems so obvious. So like, if you don't think you have a big problem, you, you, a therapist will help you understand. It'll, it'll help you realize your own issues that you need. What, what has it changed for you Um, recognizing that? Um, well, so, uh, what a uh, part of EMDR was you focus on the central belief of I am not worthwhile, a, a core belief about yourself. And then, th- so I guess that in that way it was, she didn't just specifically say, think of some traumatizing images. She just like, let's focus on that core belief and then think about what memories come for you. And I think this is how like, it makes sense when you think about it in terms of PTSD of like, okay, then what memories come up for you? And so it's a way of exploring your past and some of those little T traumas that then like, you know, a memory that you have of when you're six years old is important. Whatever it is, it the reason it lasted this long and the reason you still think of it, something about is important. Yeah. Could be great, could be terrible, who knows why, but that's important to remember. So like as we did that, then at the end of the, the our sessions, she would like then we would talk about, okay, what do all these, and sometimes it would just be like, I'd ask like, what do all these have in common? Like, okay, like I would be like, what's your takeaway from this? She'd be like, what's your takeaway from this? Stupid therapist. Um, (laughs) But you know, I'd come away with like, wow, there are a lot of um, little things that I felt rejected for growing up, both because I was gay and not because I was gay, just times where I would, uh, I would, try some creative pursuit and my parents would not knowing kind of write that off or say it was stupid or, you know, not that directly, but like not that easy, but like, uh, you know, the message I got was like, don't like being yourself. Isn't that great? Just kind of try to be 
a little bit different than yourself. And so <laughs> like learning all those experiences and how they added up and how they affected me. And I'm super sensitive. So like, it's okay to be sensitive and have to little things that people didn't mean to affect you in that way. Like have them, it be okay that it affected you that way and, and learn from that. Like that, that was one of the big thing, things I learned from that EMDR. And then beyond that, to even more answer your question about like, how has that affected me? It's like, you know, I, what I've connected it, I feel like for me, a big part is connecting the why, like, why do I have low self-esteem? And the part that I've been able to understand is growing up being gay, I learned that who I was naturally wasn't right. Hmm. And it's in little ways where I would say, I would say some interest in some music and people would be like, that's stupid or that's gay or whatever. Like I learned to modify my behavior based on other people's reactions. Mm -hmm. So what that did to me now is it's hard to base things on. I believe this this is what I want or need or whatever. I don't care what other people say. Like everything's based on, Oh, you know, 10 people told me I need to do this thing. Okay. I'll do it. You know, like going shopping for my own jeans or shirt. It's, it's so hard to do that on your own on my own because it's based on what other people say looks good on me. Not what I think looks good on me Uh, to recognize that my opinion was worth is worthwhile that's kind of i think how how being gay like diminished my self-esteem it made me depend on other people's opinions for my own feelings of self-worth and now i'm trying to learn how to use other people's opinions are important especially people you care and trust about but they are one input that you need to use to make your own opinion Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. people's Mm -hmm. opinions shouldn't decide what you believe they should people you care about and trust should help influence what you believe, but you also then need to look inside yourself and decide for yourself what you think and believe. Yeah. And that's a really challenging thing. So, and then, you know, beyond that things that I've then worked on is, I mean, there, there are like, it sounds silly, but like there's this list of things that my therapist gave me of things to try to, as you know, people with low self-esteem, how to help, you know, you, you basically have to go outside your comfort zone then when you have low self-esteem because like you're not comfortable doing a lot of things on your own. So you have to try things to help build that up. And they're going to like you start really small, like a small thing is ask the cab driver to turn on the air. That sounds if if you're not someone who's like me, then that sounds stupid to even like you just say it to them. But like it's like my needs are valuable and important and worthwhile. And, and I'm going to tell someone that who they may not want the air on, they may get annoyed that I'm requesting that like, these are all the, all the doubts that I have about what this person thinks about me because I'm requesting this are like, that's what I have to get over. And, and then the more you like, so that's a small thing to walk into a, uh, somewhere and, and just ask for some water and then leave. Um, like there are all these little things that you can try to do that are based on your worthwhile you deserve you're allowed to ask for things that you want to need from another person that kind of help then help you expand your comfort zone with with your own you know feelings of self-worth like that that's something that i've worked on from learning this from my therapist yeah i think i've noticed oh like thing you're decidedly more assertive. I 
in, like in a healthy way like assertive mm. like that word gets thrown around i think a lot in pop pop culture to mean like bitchy and yeah. You're, yeah, yeah you're you're totally not <laughs> that kind of assertive i think boiling it all down one of the hardest things that i even still have a hard time dealing with that my last therapist told me is you are wor- a worthwhile person even if you do jack shit if you just exist if you don't do anything, you don't contribute to anyone, you don't do anything, you as a person are just worthwhile for being a person. Hmm. Like that to me, like you are worthwhile regardless of your productivity or like that to me was like, I can get, like if I separate myself from that and think about that statement logically, I can say, yes, I believe every person is a worthwhile person, but to apply that to myself and believe I am okay, I am worthwhile, even if every day I watch Netflix, if even if I just go to work and do okay and do jack shit elsewise, like to think that I'm a value, like that I am worthwhile in spite of that, in spite of that, even that, the that way of saying it says like, I, like I always associate my worthwhileness to what I produce, what I contribute, what I create, you know, how hard I work. Like that's what makes you worthwhile as a person. Yeah. So that's a major thing that I'm like trying to accept. Yep. I've talked a whole bunch. What is, what's your biggest realization from therapy? My primary struggle in life is to find value in myself that does not involve other people. I only value the things that I do that make other people happy or make people notice or make people comfortable or um, further their agenda. Like there's lots of different variations on the same idea that like my, my value only exists when there is another person through which that value can be seen. Hmm. And uh, it is, it is excruciating for me to be, alone and yet the fact that i am so miserable when i'm alone i hate it so much Mm. i want to make myself learn how to be okay with it Mm. and but that that shit runs deep Mm. that that shit runs really really deep and it's it's super hard i i was talking to my therapist today about Mm. this (laughs) when i went to russia last summer there were some segments of that trip that were pretty miserable actually. And those were the times when I was alone. Like Mm -hmm. I made relationships on the train and, um, I hung out with one of the dudes that I met on the train when we were in Moscow. And then I hooked up with a dude in St. Mm -hmm. Petersburg. Like I had, there was a continuity there that like the, the trip, the trip had so much awesome to it but there was, there were lots of shitty parts when I was alone and I didn't care if I walked around Irkutsk. I'm like, like the, the largest freshwater lake in the entire world is five miles from here. And I just right now don't give any fucks. Mm. If somebody else were there with me, I would absolutely be like, yeah, we need to go see this Mm. thing. We, we need, we need to make it happen. Why aren't I worth making that experience happen? It's only for somebody else in the, in the service of somebody else's experience that I will allow myself the pleasure or the, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's hard to explain. No, that makes sense. And, and, and so, so 
I was marveling just today in therapy that showing people pictures and cooking Russian food for them and talking about my trip was more fun than the trip itself. Hmm. And I'm kind of pissed off about that. Hmm. Like it makes me sad and it makes me angry that that's the case because some part of me desperately wants to just make myself happy and not need other people to exist. Um, that's super hard. Learning to be happy on your own. That to me is like, if you can do that, it's like, you've got it, you know, I don't, I don't think I'll ever be suicidal. I know that I know a lot of people are and, and have been and that life events can trigger that because they don't know how to deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever be that. Like I, I've never had a desire or a plan and knowing that about myself, pain is actually pretty great. It's sort of beautiful because it forces me to do it hmm. like a lot of a lot of mental health is just putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And sometimes you got to turn around and realize that you've walked a while. Yeah. I was going to wrap up if we're ready for that. Put a condom on this bitch. <laughs> wrap it up. Um and then take it off cuz that's a form of porn that people are into. Taking off condoms? Mm-hmm. What? Condom to bareback? Oh, that's a What? A, like one of those like I'm uncomfortable at how interested in this I am. Okay. It's like a... So with the knowledge and consent of the bottom? You know, it's a lot of things. <laughs> no, I mean, like, sexual interests are always... I feel bad for... The, no, like... Have you heard... I think it's like Amy Schumer's stand-up or other people's stand-up where they talk about, like... I think it's called the Houdini. <laughs> where, <laughs> wait, wait... Is the is 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 Houdini where you're fucking somebody and then somebody else fucks them and then you go outside and like go to the window and wave at them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like fucking someone. They don't know that someone else walks in, takes your place fucking them. Really, you got to do a real smooth transition <laughs> yeah, yeah, into yeah, them yeah. fucking them. You walk away. Yep. And then like wave at them in the window. It's like. Great. Yeah. No, that's not okay. That's that's definitely rape yeah there are lots of hilarious things that are just rape when you yep <laughs> yep but there's this porn <laughs> <laughs> i'm i when i saw i saw i heard about that from amy schumer stand-up and i was like that sounds so sexy <laughs> i would like not that i want to do that like in that i want to be the person that is getting fucked in that scenario so i think that oh. makes it a little bit better okay maybe yeah I don't know. Anyway, it's really interesting. Okay, <laughs> this is way off topic. There there are a lot of sexual fantasies that like if they happened with everyone's consent it would be fine, but having everyone's consent the, makes the thing not possible. Right. And uh, I mean a rape fantasy is the easiest example of that. Like Yeah. It, yeah. That's a separate episode. Great. I need to get therapy for this, probably. <laughs> um, I, I was going to say, um, some of the tips from Nami. Here's Kyle's Trojan. Hello. I Wait. Ribbed for our pleasure. Wrap it up. <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm going to secretly, I'm going to pretend like I'm being healthy and then secretly jump out at you with rape fantasies. Um, Nami, I don't want to th- be in a horse. I want the horse to be in me. No. <laughs> Whores? Whores. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Trojan whores. <laughs> the Trojan whores. Um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness gave some tips uh, for finding a LGBTQ inclusive provider. So if you want to get into therapy, uh, one thing we should say, sometimes writing or saying things is helpful therapy. If you if you want a kind of like low pressure, easy way to talk about something or say something, email us, leave us a voicemail. Let us know if you want us to use this or not. You can say, hey, don't use this. Also, here's whatever. Um, sometimes, like, if you need to say you're gay to someone, if you want to talk about an issue, we are. you may send it into us and we won't say anything and we'll never talk about it. So it's fine. So that's one thing you can do if you're looking for kind of a way to don't do any of that don't do anything kyle just said it's too much work join our facebook group it's closed and private post your shit there and then other people will take care of you like that's true our our facebook group has just turned into this like supportive community that we don't have to do the work for. and every now and then they're just like here's this funny dick and then you're like everyone gets to laugh it's fun it's sexy it's therapeutic i agree but no also yeah okay so um, and and we are more than happy to listen. We yeah, we yep. read, listen to one of us reads, listens to, processes everything that we get sent. Yeah, and absolutely, uh, um, we, we try really hard to get back to everybody yeah. too. So. Yeah, we I, yeah, I don't feel great about my having. Shut up. Okay, great. We, we have a. I we've, think we've we, been trying really hard. We have been trying really hard. Um, and if you don't want us to air it or say it, please let us know that up front so we won't try to that. Um, but other things this organization suggests suggests is um there is a gay and lesbian medical association provider directory so you can look uh find inclusive medical providers uh to find it the website is so fucking annoying and weird so just look up glma provider directory on google it'll be one of the first things you provide glima yep glima that's that's kind of gay i like it so go to therapy this is your this this is your if you are waiting for a sign to go to therapy oh this is your sign you know some people like need a little like you should go to a bathhouse go to a bathhouse and then go to therapy (laughs) because after that bathhouse you'll have plenty of reasons why (laughs) no (laughs) you know i don't know some people like feel like they need the universe works weird sometimes and whether you believe in god or you believe in fate or you believe in just like neil deGrasse boards whatever yeah sure go to therapy go to therapy give it a shot here's your sign here's your sign you might be a redneck um do not pass go do not pass ho do not collect two hundred dollars because therapy is probably that expensive (laughs) i have like a twenty dollar copay should we take a break yeah let's take a break let's take a break therapy break i'm gonna lay on the couch it's your dad's With my fault. legs in the air. <laughs> Something about your dad and your mom. Or... Yeah. Break, break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Are we back? <laughs> We're back. Thank you for choosing the moment. Kyle I was, was drinking, drinking a beer. <laughs> That's true. Oh my God. Am I doing my straightest right now? Because I couldn't find a straightest. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Uh, we'll do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest, but first, our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on thousands of social media sites. At- hey, if you're oh. on a social media site that we haven't heard of, you're wrong because we have. Nope. And we're on it. <laughs> 
you then you're wrong um we are on instagram youtube facebook uh twitter either at gish podcast or slash gish podcast our hotline you can send us text messages please do please do that we love them yeah or leave us voicemails which we love even more because mm-hmm, we can hear but let us voice. let us know if we can play it or yeah. not yep. it's 5855-GASH that's 585-542-9474 standard rate supply and you can email us at gayishpodcast at gmail.com um gayish and straight is no no okay so I have, I have this new thing that I want to do. I'm going to do the shortest one that I can. Okay. I want to read. Peter Dinklage? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to do him. I would. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Actually, I would too. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I want to read spam things that are submitted to our website okay we get we just the fact that we have like a contact form like as much as we try to put like spam blockers we just there's a lot of things we get so some of them are some things emails we get from you from our site are true and great and we love that but yeah other things are this (laughs) so uh this was left on our gayish episode 92 gay virginity page did someone comment yeah okay Trenton DeBarros says, I am in the process of shopping for some Christmas presents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of buying bareback writer cowgirl lingerie costume from Peaches and Screams site. <laughs> Peaches and Screams. Okay. I saw a link to this shop on your site. Yeah. And was wondering whether you have any personal experience with them. So Kyle... <laughs> Do you have any personal experience with bareback writer cowgirl lingerie costume for Beaches and Screams site? <laughs> I love serious answers to spam emails. <laughs> this is my favorite. Um, yes, I do. Thank you, Trenton McFlurry or whatever. Trenton DeBarros. Yeah, yeah. I do have experience with bareback cowgirl outfit from Peaches and Screams. Uh, I... Uh, put on the shortiest jean shorts and the the sluttiest crop top and you know cowboys cowboys love all ladies even when they're uh, men (laughs) like me great (laughs) well done is this what you wanted from this segment what do you want from me exactly right i'll give you to you whatever you want exactly right exactly right peaches and scream that's that's <laughs> hilarious I, I think i couldn't match the comedic genius of the name of that thing too that, so that robot funny that's so funny <laughs> man robots are so much funnier than us when robots start writing podcasts that they can just say to each other we don't even need us mm-hmm. can we invent that so we don't have to talk and they can just talk for us this will be really helpful it's a lot of work. Yeah, too much work to not do any work. <laughs> but once we get there, man, our amount of work goes way down because we just have to hang out. I'd, I'd rather hang out and drink on a Monday night and record for 16 hours. Okay, that's true. This is <laughs> to consider this work is pretty. Yeah. Um, do you want to do your gaze and straightest? Let's do our gaze and straightest. Uh, I'll go first. Great. So the, uh, the gayest thing about me this week, I went to a gym <laughs> and you say that just sounds like you're so foreign to a i went to a gym like <laughs> a, a, a gymnasium a, gymnasium, a weightlifting ex- exporium <laughs> um and i was meeting with the dude that's like the membership guy mm-hmm. and he's like dude 
you want to look hot for the ladies, right? And then like, <laughs> I totally just like like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. You're right. Like, did you go along with it? I went with it, which maybe should have been my straightest thing. But like, oh. no, the gayest the gayest thing was just the like clearly that threw me for a loop. I yeah. was not saying sentences uh-huh. back to him. And does he still think you're straight now? I think so. <gasps> I mean, uh, okay. This is, I think this is a, to take your thing and make it more serious. Like, mm. it's, uh, again, like people, the assumptions is, are that once you've come out once, you are now out. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, we've talked about, it, you have to come out over and over again. Cause you constantly yep. meet new people who don't know, but also like, it's not all of a sudden easy once you're out. So, I mean, that can sound helpful or not helpful. Like, it's not that you do it once and once you get over that hump, like now you, you're a genius and you can come out so easily. Like, it's something you need practice at. And so hopefully that makes people who haven't come out feel a little better that like, it's not, you don't have just one giant roadblock. And if you only got through it, you're fine. It's like, you just need to practice at it and work at it. And hopefully it'll be easier time. But like, yeah, they're over time, but. Well, I'm, I'm afraid people are going to hear me say that I'm the dude on Grinder that says I'm straight acting mm. in my profile. Like that's a fucking accomplishment yeah, no. or something. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I, I present pretty oh, straight. Oh. Yeah. And so for straight people, that just means they assume I'm straight. Yeah. Right. And that's harder. Like I, if, if I showed up wearing sparkles, I'm sure that he wouldn't yeah. have said that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, the straightest thing about me this week is I bought tickets to go see Incubus. The first band I ever saw in concert. You're so straight. I know I was. That's then. that's a straight guy band, right? Like I think like, so. <laughs> I think so. I I I'm pretty sure they were a band that played in like Disney shows, but like weren't allowed to be called Incubus because Incubus means something about the devil. So they just yeah. were referred to as the band. There's the Incubi and the Succubi. Ooh. That's... I'll suck you by. <laughs> you by? I'll suck you. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I have not even thought about them for so long, but you've been playing their songs and I'm like, yeah, I still yeah. like this. Yeah, I still want him to be shirtless. Mm. At least 25 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wonder how he'll look now. I d- yeah. I, I'll find out. And how he'll I'll play I'll report now. back. Great. They're coming when's... to Seattle in September. Great. Um, and if you're going to Incubus in September, you'll be there watch with out me. for Mike, because he might sit on it. <laughs> um, my, Your my, turn. My uh, gayest thing. Yeah. So at work, I have some vitamins that, like, I can never remember to take... I mean, it's difficult enough for me to take my like daily medication that makes me a sane person, <laughs> much less. Okay, no, that's that's stretching it a little bit. What? <laughs> no medication will make you oh, sane. Oh, <laughs> ah, saner. Yeah, yeah, fair, 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 fair. Um, closer approximation to human to <laughs> to a regular, <laughs> fully functioning human person. Yeah, I'm working on it. Um, no, but like at work, I have things like multivitamins and a uh vitamin d pill <laughs> which every time it's i take a- vitamin actual d, vitamin d <laughs> every time i take a vitamin i can't not think that like man dicks would be way more therapeutic <laughs> like i can't there's something about me i can't i can't i can't not think about that 
Yeah. Um, dicks, gay. dicks on the must be. This is what Rihanna sang about. Must be dicks on the brain. <laughs> um, my straightest thing is podcast interest. I mean, the the main podcast I listen to religiously is uh, my favorite murder. And recently, mm-hmm. I was like, maybe listening to murder stories is not having a positive. Inf- I love them and their show, but like maybe listening to and just think about murder a whole bunch isn't helpful for me. So yeah. I started listening again to my brother, my brother and me. Yeah, which is three straight dudes just making jokes that straight dudes make jokes about, which yeah. is like it's hilarious. I really like it. Take a listen, but at the same time, it's like I just. I feel so gay. I mean, this is my serious thing, but like listening to like straight dudes, like yeah. make their straight. It's just like, and it, there's something about the fact that they're brothers yeah. that, and yet so different from each other. Like they're very distinct mm-hmm. personalities Yeah, and it, something about it works. Yeah. Like, and it's, yeah, they're, they have a million podcasts now. They're well known in the podcast world, but like, it's just like to hear straight people talking about things you like, it's just funny. I don't know. I just, I feel very straight listening to that show. They're like the Mormons of the podcast world. Yeah. They have eight wives. <laughs> <laughs> Amongst the three of them. Yeah. yeah. They, like, well, also I'm like. By wives, I mean podcasts. Oh, like they're on everything. Oh, but. oh, I thought she meant they're married to eight people. Oh, um, I think I, they're individually each married to one person. A woman. Well, a woman each. A woman each per yeah. per McElroy. Um That's fine. But like hearing them sometimes hearing them joke is like, man, it must be so difficult to just be like a well adjusted well adjusted straight dude. Cause you have to like what do you find comedy in that? Like half of our comedy is like butts and dicks. Like which if we didn't have that part about it, we like they, they make butt and dick jokes. That's true. <laughs> but like we make sperm and like yeah, I don't know. It's just like they don't make a lot of cum guzzling jokes. Nope. 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 And here and here on Gayish, open up because <laughs> what, what is the sound of one throat guzzling? <laughs> it's just like I just as as shitty as being gay is sometimes like it's like but I have lots. I have a rich, <laughs> deep experience of well to dig into to try to find comedy. And if you're straight, you have to find that in just like just being alive and being a person. That seems so difficult. Anyway, that's not my point. My point is just listening to them feels very, very straight. But it's funny and it it's like light and relaxing and I like it. So that's it. That's it. This is the empty space that you are now you've done very good about we still want to thank Charlie Fenn for the use of her theme music in all of our previous episodes and check out our album. But, but, but thanks to Mike for our current theme music. Yeah. Um, a, a thank you to all my therapists, no oh. straight and gay and couples and individual and yeah. male and female. Just God bless you. And thank you to the people that, are open and honest about needing or being in therapy because we all do. So the people that talk about it are just the honest (laughs) ones. Everyone else is lying. So let's keep talking about it. It's important. And thank you to you and our audience, because I really, I'm not kidding. I think that this is a therapeutic experience and I really appreciate it. Well, thank you to you. You were, we didn't talk about it too much, but like, you were the first person I opened up to about so many things about my fucked up mental 
self. <laughs> so it was this, the relationship that you and I have has been really important for my like development of my mental health. And, and so thank you. Yeah. I was the finger in your dike. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then the floodwaters came. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is advice to everyone. Finger the next dike you can. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dam will break. Waters will flow. Any hoomsels. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See you next week. Years. to therapy <laughs> to therapy it's a beer therapy hey everyone did you know that instead of going to therapy you can just for every for every 10 minutes of therapy one beer works in replacement that's true really just fact the less brain cells you have the less worried you can be about everything